You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and tonight the focus is on the Blossnairan Irish Food Awards which were recently hosted in the beautiful town of Dingle in County Kerry. Morning ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Dingle Scallops Hotel for the finest judging. We here at Gloss are very grateful to you all for taking your time out of your very busy schedules to be here with us today. So let the judging begin. Once you get the, the Bloss in here and the stamp of approval, it's like a gold medal. You know, you can go in, open the door to so many opportunities. This might be my fifth or sixth year here doing the blind test judging. I just know, I suppose, I've profiled a lot of the previous winners. I know how much it means to them. To know there's so many fantastic products and to have that blast sticker, it really makes such a difference to people at the end of the day. Well, I've judged in a lot of different uh, food awards, and what I really like about the Blas is the blind tasting. So you're sitting on a table uh, with different judges, and we're all trying different products at the same time. So it's really difficult to be influenced by what the other judge to your left or to your right is thinking. You're not influenced by the packaging, the price points, or the descriptor. So it is pound for pound probably the best judging competition out there. There's always going to be an element of, you know, personal taste, but then, you know, that's why everybody here has got an opinion, and if we're all the same, wouldn't it be boring? We've had a lot of entries from Northern Ireland this year, and I know we've got quite a few finalists as well through to the finals. It's brilliant for them for an opportunity to market themselves uh, to all the multiple retailers, and it gives them a stand-up against all their products as well. Now that I've been here and I've been past the judging process, I know how kind of thorough it is and how how much it just represents the quality of the food, because not, not just anything gets that stamp, so it's a real kind of market quality, definitely. You've got very passionate people who are rich in the history and tradition of the country who um, work very hard to ensure that they produce the best sort of products available to them. You can't help but falling in love with Irish people. <laughs> Not that I'm in love with an Irish person, but it's just, and it just comes across in the food. It just comes across in how much they care for it. <laughs> So to start the show off tonight, I wanted to give you a behind-the-scenes flavour from the judging at the recent Blossnair and Irish Food Awards that were held recently in Dingle. And thanks so much to the organisers for that audio clip I've just played there, which features some familiar voices that I'm sure you will recognise. You might have heard Nevin Maguire in there. And other voices belong to judges, including award-winning journalists and major UK buyers from Selfridges and Fortnum and Mason. And darn it, I was convinced that buyer had fallen for me. Anyway, coming up on the programme this evening, you're going to hear from some of the winners that I got a chance to talk to during my visit to Dingle and also to this year's Food Producers Champions, John and Sally McKenna. And we're also going to get an insight into the importance of branding and packaging, thanks to Ashleen Wixt from Greenhouse, which is a food packaging communication and design agency which is also offering a strategic branding bursary so stay tuned to hear details about that. If you'd like to get in touch with me please drop me an email to the usual address s.noonan at live.ie or you can tweet me at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisation. 
So the Blossom Iron Irish Food Awards, what's it all about? They recognise and reward the very best tasting Irish food and drink products as well as the passionate driven producers who make them. This is the ninth year that the awards have taken place and they were started really so the quality benchmarks could be established for Irish produce and it's an accreditation that is so recognisable both within Ireland and abroad. So be sure to look out for the gold, silver and bronze medals on stickers when you're doing your shop and you'll know what you're buying is definitely going to have great tastes. There's lots of different categories for different types of products and this year ciders did particularly well. I don't know what that says about the, the judging panel but anyway it was ciders that did particularly well and it was Stonewell Ross Cider from Cork that ended up with the coveted Supreme Champion title. Limerick also did well with an Irish Blossom Honey from Be Active and a mustard, I think it was a chilli and garlic mustard we're going to hear in a minute, from Green Apron. I spoke to Stonewell's Geraldine Emerson, Conan McDowell from Be Active and Teresa Story from Green Apron. So let's have a listen to what they told me. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Geraldine, congratulations. The supreme champion of the Bloss 2016. How does it feel? Uh, it's very, very exciting. Um, we had so many awards today and we had one in Spain, actually, uh, for the medium dry. So it's a wonderful weekend. Well, tell us a bit about the product. This is the award-winning product. What's it called? It's called Rose and it is an apple and rhubarb cider. And how did you come up with the product? We always want to create something new. And uh, we have a big rhubarb farm uh, and East Cork. Uh, so we bought rhubarb from um, uh, a gentleman called Fitzsimmons. And uh, we extract the juice, which has a very hard work. And uh, we made um, cider with it and we mixed it with apple cider. And have you been making cider for long? It is our six years now. Yes. And in that time, have you won lots and lots of awards? We had a few, yes, yes. How important is product development and innovation to you and your business? You always have to innovate. Um, This is very important. Uh, This is the only way forward. You always have to think of something new, something different, and um, you have to always do something that the others haven't done yet. What does winning an award like Bloss mean to you? It's a wonderful recompense. Uh, The recognition is always very welcome, and it helps us to... uh, to keep working hard and it helps them to keep going and uh, it's a great motivation. Fantastic. Well, we'll have to look out for it on the shelves. Now, congratulations again and thanks for talking to me. Thank you. Conan, congratulations. Tell us what you've won today. Thanks very much, Sharon. We won silver in the Sweet Spreads Honey section today at the Bloss. Which product was that for? The Irish Blossom Honey. So you're going about two years now because you were on the show a couple of years ago. Tell us how it's been going for you. It's going very well. I mean, we started off with just the raw ivy honey and we've added the Blossom Honey and also the ivy honey lozenges as well now. So we have three products at the moment. And uh, we're still really focused on the, the health food stores, the independent stores around Ireland. So we've, we've close to 80 stockists now nationwide and, and a few sto- stores in the north as well, even as well. So things are going very well. And a few top chefs in West Limerick are using the, the honey to make a few bits and pieces in the restaurant. Yeah, I popped into to, to Wade Murphy there in 1826 Adair, uh, I suppose about a year ago. And um, I, had, I had a lovely dinner there and I gave him a jar and came back a short while later and he decided to use 
use it in, in one of his recipes in, in, a, in, a, in a duck uh, recipe, which is fantastic. Yeah, amazing. You mentioned the health food shops there, and I have seen the products in Sonus in Newcastle West, but I've also seen throat lozenges. Yeah, we've got the throat lozenges out. So we, what happened was we, we just wanted to add, add another way for people to, to take honey, um, something they could carry in their bag, and lozenges are an obvious, an obvious choice. So I did some recipes at home at first, and then we, uh, we, we got an, an, an innovation voucher from Enterprise Ireland, which gave us €5,000 to work with uh, an institute of technology to develop the recipes a bit better. And, and then we took it from there, yeah. What does winning an award like the Bloss mean for you? Oh, it's amazing. It's fantastic. I mean, when we found out that we were finalists, you know, that in itself was, was a great achievement. Um, as, as you said, we're, we're quite new. We didn't really expect to, to kind of come on, come on the scene that quick. So, I mean, winning an award, it is... The Bloss is probably my favourite of the, of the Taste Awards that we have in Ireland because it does really recognise Irish producers, so it's fantastic to be part of that now. Well, congratulations and continued success. Thanks very much, Sharon. Teresa, congratulations. Thank you very much, Sharon. I'm extremely pleased. Tell us about all the awards you won. Oh, um, over the last so many years, um, we've won... We've won bronze with our raspberry preserve. We've won gold with our apricot, orange and almond. We've won silver with our chocolate and raspberry. We've won bronze with our Italian butter mix. Silver for our Bombay tomato. I think silver for our mixed summer berry. Bronze for our Irish whiskey marmalade. We've won Best in Farmer's Market twice, uh, Best Producer in Limerick twice, and now we've just won a gold for our garlic and chilli mustard. So gold for garlic and chilli mustard this year, Best in Farmer's Market this year, and Best in Limerick. That's a lot of Bloss Awards. It is a lot of Bloss Awards. I was just hoping to get my 10th, and now I have 12, so I'm so pleased. What does it mean to you as a producer to get a Bloss Award? It's amazing. It shows, it's great for a recognition of our brand and the hard work we put into it. It also means that we sell a lot more product. You know, our customers recognize Bloss as a industry industry standard and uh, as a, they appreciate it. They see the Bloss stickers on all the best food in all the big supermarkets and also with us small producers. How did you come up with the idea for garlic and chilli mustard? I know, garlic and chilli is just a classic combination. And we had our basic crunchy honey mustard, so we took the spices out of that and played around and then came up with the perfect combination. It's a whole family argumentation trying to get our recipes perfect. Yeah. Now, you are the epitome of artisan, really. Like, everything is handmade at your home in West Limerick. Yes, we... I make everything. The kids wash jars. They pick fruit. They dig the garden. They make the compost. They sell in the market with me. So we're, you really can't get a bit more hands-on than us. So The last time I was talking to you, you told me about some apricots that had started to grow out of your compost. Nectarines. Oh, yes, nectarines. nectarines yeah, that, a nectarine tree that had uh, taken root from a pit in our compost in my polytunnel. I'm so pleased. And I got 100 nectarines this year. I was just like, oh, this is amazing. And what did you make with them? I ate them all. 
because I'm greedy. With with a bigger harvest, that is something, though, that you would turn into an award-winning product. Absolutely. We do a nectarine jam when nectarines are in season, but they're always bought in. But once my tree gets big enough, we're going to be having, yes, West Limerick nectarine jam. So... And your book is out at the moment. How is that going for you? Um, our book is going really well. The, the book is Fruit on the Table, published by O'Brien Press. So it's got all our preserve recipes and then lots of other fruit recipes. And it's been going really well. We've got some great reviews. We've got three pages in the Sunday Times. We're very pleased with that. And so hopefully everybody will buy one for Christmas as a present. Absolutely. Now you're here at the market in Dingle today, but you're still there at the weekends in the milk market. We're in the milk market every Saturday. So while I was here with one child, uh, two other children were in Limerick with their dad. So we're always there every Saturday morning. A real family affair. <laughs> Unfortunately, my, for my poor children who have to work. But if you're in a family business, everybody works. Well, it obviously pays off with all these awards and I hope you sell loads today. Congratulations, Teresa. Thank you very much. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and tonight's show is focusing on the Blossnairn Irish Food Awards that took place recently in Dingle as part of the Dingle Food Festival. Just before the break, we heard from some of the judges who were involved in the blind tasting sessions that decide what products are worthy of a gold, silver or bronze award, as well as from Cork's Geraldine Emerson, whose Stonewell Rose Cider took the Supreme Champion title. I believe it's very hard to get it because it was a limited edition. So if you do see some on the shelves I'd be sure to snap it up and Limerick's Conan from Be Active and Teresa from Green Apron they had success with a honey and a mustard and we can look forward to hearing more of Teresa's dulcet tones in November here on Best Possible Taste as she has offered to present a show that focuses on Thanksgiving so keep an ear out for that now back in Dingle there were a number of master classes this year one focused on packaging and branding and it was hosted by Greenhouse which is a food packaging communications and design agency that helps clients grow their brands with intelligent creative solutions one of the speakers was Ashleen Wixt and I have some of her insights from the session to share with you now. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleiter. Ashling, you're with Greenhouse. Tell us what Greenhouse does. Well, Sharon, we're a design and branding agency. Um, We've been in business for 11 years and we specialise in food packaging. So food packaging design, everything right through from the strategy to the design of the packaging to appears on shelf, as well as then any of the supporting communications. And what brings you to Bloss Nairn this year? Well, obviously, I suppose we, we've been aware of Bloss for the last number of years. Um, a lot of the clients we work with have been finalists or winners here, so we, we kind of we heard the buzz. And uh, actually, it was one of my colleagues, Shanti, you know, thought it would be a great idea for us to become a sponsor. Um, no design agency had ever done it before. And uh, so she engaged with the whole process, and we've just found it to be a fantastic experience. Many of our clients are here today. Many of them have actually won awards, and we've met loads and loads of new food producers. So it's a fantastic event. You've hosted a masterclass about branding and packaging during the Blossnairn Awards. Just explain to us how important those two elements are to producers that are trying to come up with new ideas whenever it is, whenever it comes to packaging. 
Well, I think more and more, and actually a lot of the producers we've, we've spoken with this weekend understand the importance of packaging. I mean, some of the producers will start in the farmer's markets where they can talk about the products. They can be the face of the product. When they move onto the retail shelves, packaging needs to tell their story. It's the, you know, 75% of purchasing decisions are made at the shelf. So your packaging has to tell your story uh, in a way that's true to, to you. So I suppose we take people through the process, which is getting to kind of get, getting to know them and what their story is and how we can develop that into a brand. And packaging is just one of the elements in terms of, you know, bringing that brand alive. There are many other ways, but that's it, 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 for food producers, it's probably the most important part of the mix. You gave some case studies during yes. the masterclass, which really kind of brought it home to the audience and made it real for them in terms of what you're all about. Can you give us an example of a company that you'd work with that the listeners would be familiar with? Well, I suppose Ballymaloo would be a very well-known company and, um, you know, have been, you know, I suppose a, a producer in Ireland for over 25 years. Um, you know, in Ireland, best-selling relish in Ireland, but they were going into the UK market and the feedback that had come back from the UK buyers was that it just didn't tell the story successfully enough. The pack didn't tell the story and they had a wonderful to- story to tell. So we worked with them and it wasn't about reinventing the wheel. It was just taking the elements of the pack, like the house, Ballymaloo house, like the name, the family story, and actually bring it to life on pack. So I suppose, you know, it's a good example that people may not have realised here because it was more of an evolution. But actually, as a result of that, um, they are now stocked in 900 Tesco's in the UK. So been a huge success for them. One of the key messages was very much storytelling and trying to incorporate that into packaging, which is a hugely challenging operation, I would imagine. But another example you gave was the butcher's daughter. Yes. I loved that. Yeah. Well, I think we lo- we love that story as well because um, we also love working with Una Dwyer, who is the uh, the person behind the brand. So when Una came to us, um, she was Cashel Fine Foods. She is a second generation uh, master butcher. Her dad has a butcher shop, a very very well known butcher shop in Cashel. Um, and we thought her story was fantastic. Um, now, initially, Una was, you know, she didn't want to be necessarily the face of the brand, but we did say to her, you know, she was producing these award-winning products and we just felt her packaging let her down. And, and the name didn't say enough about what her personality was. So we developed a name for her, The Butcher's Daughter. Um, we told her story on pack, you know, w- you know, which is a very authentic story. Um, and actually, I met somebody, a couple of people today, who said they had literally just picked it up off the shelves a couple of weeks ago and bought it based on the story that they read they were really impressed by it and then impressed by the product itself and I think you know that's a very good example of you know not a big operator but what something you know between name format and and how you tell the story it can really really change your brand and a great example as to how branding and packaging can motivate somebody to buy your product motivate someone to buy your product also motivate buyers to be interested in stocking your product because very often I mean that's just the first step for um, food producers is you know it's a very busy marketplace out there but buyers are looking for points of difference for the products they put on the shelf as well and I know you know any of the buyers that we would speak to and our, our clients would speak to would say packaging is just hugely important and what differentiates particularly the smaller producers from the big corporate is their story and the fact that a lot of them are producing it themselves with their own recipes, with their own ideas and and people love hearing about those kind of stories. 
Now, as part of the sponsorship at Blossnair, you have a very exciting opportunity for a food producer. Yes, and we're delighted to say there's been a lot of uh, a lot of interest in our um, our brand bursary. So um, we are going to give away a brand bursary to um, a, a food company. Um, and what this would involve is, um, if you go to our website, um, greenhouse.ie, uh, there's just a very short application form. And um, in that, I suppose the winner will be brought into a workshop we'll actually do a whole kind of brand audit uh, competitor analysis we'll bring you through actually seeing what your brand is about do what we normally do in our process and then go into potential I suppose creative opportunities for the brand in terms of moving it on to the packaging stage so delighted to say there's been loads of interest in it so far so we're really excited to see the entries fantastic opportunity and is there a deadline the deadline is mid-october um 15th of october so um there's plenty of time for people to still put their entries through and um you know we'd be delighted to receive them excellent well the best of luck with that and enjoy the rest of the blossom awards and the dingle food festival oh i certainly will it's a great spot and we just love i mean as i said this is a must do every year from now on it's just a fantastic event thank Thanks you so Ashley. much thank you you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and tonight's show is focusing on the Blossom Erin Irish Food Awards that took place recently in Dingle as part of this year's Dingle Food Festival. At the start of the programme this evening we heard from some of the judges who were involved in the blind tasting sessions that decide what products are worthy of a gold, silver or bronze award as well as from Cork's Geraldine Emerson whose Stonewell Rose Cider took the Supreme Champion title and Limerick's Conan from Be Active and Theresa's story from Green Apron who had success with their honey and mustard respectively. And just before the break Ashleen Wixt from Greenhouse shared her insights into the importance of branding and packaging. A reminder of the website to check out to apply for the strategic branding bursary that Ashleen was talking about. It's simply greenhouse.ie and best of luck to anyone who is applying for that. Next, it's time to hear from the 2016 Food Producers Champions. This is the third year of this particular award and the inaugural champion was Nevin Maguire in 2014 and last year Simon Coveney took the title. I might have a look here while we're listening to John and Sally and see if I can find Nevin's interview from a couple of years ago and we might do a bit of a throwback to that and remind ourselves about what he said. So no surprise that this year it was John and Sally McKenna who will know best for their guides which direct us to all the best places to eat and stay in Ireland and sometimes even beyond that. Nevin Maguire presented them with the award bright and early and I got a chance to sit down with them afterwards to find out how they felt about being recognised by the food producers in Ireland. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. John and Sally, it's great to see you both here in Dingle and congratulations on your award, the Irish Food Producers Hero for 2016 at the Blossom Awards. Well done. I thought it was a hoax when Artie rang. I thought somebody was winding me up um, because uh, I can't imagine, I suppose, getting a better award. Um, You know, we've been writing about wonderful people for nearly 30 years now um, and they've inspired us because of their creativity. And uh, the idea that those very people would say, well, actually, 
you know, the McKenna's have made a bit of a difference to our lives is kind of, uh, it's a bit gobsmacking, really. So I, I, I couldn't believe it, you know. And then I rang Sally and I said, you won't believe what's happening. And Sally just said, do you know, that actually makes me want to cry. I don't know if you did cry, did you? Well, nearly a, bit, a few tears. No, I mean, we've, we've, this has been our life, really, for 30 years. And we've been, I just think we've been so lucky um, because we've, we've made a, a career describing and learning about these wonderful people. And, I mean, we do... We'd, we do eat food made by Irish people. We do, and I th- that's what I think is great about living in this country, is that everything has a face. We can say to our children, who reared this, who, who grew this, who made this, and um, literally everything we eat, there's a face and a story behind it. And it's, I just feel getting this award makes us part of that story, and it's a huge privilege. Do you think, though, the consumer associates you more with the places to stay and the places to eat as opposed to what is actually on the plate. I know obviously the food producers recognise the important contribution you've made to their livelihoods, but do you think the consumer out there gets that? No, I think um, people probably most associate us with the 100 best restaurants in Ireland. Um, which we've been writing since 1992 and and which has had a a fair degree of controversy over the years. Controversy we're actually very happy with, you know. I mean, uh, food, like any part of culture, somebody needs to upset the apple cart uh, because if you don't do that, it's boring and it's banal and a certain kind of dull um, mediocrity sets in. And I think you, you need sometimes to step out and say, well, actually, you know what? Galway's a better city to eat in than Dublin. And Dingle is the most dynamic food destination in the country. And Northern Ireland in 1989 was like nothing anybody had ever seen before when Nick's and Roscoff opened. So, you know, it's not I, we're not iconoclasts, really, you know. Um, but sometimes something seems very obvious to you and you've just got to come out and say it. And people say, no, you're wrong. And you've got to say, well, OK, you can say I'm wrong. Um, and hopefully you're... You're trying, when you're discovering new restaurants or new places to stay, to see a new paradigm, to see somebody who's doing something new and different. And um, because they're the people who affect changes, you know, I mean, whether it's Ferran Adria or whether it's uh, Rennie Red Zeppe or whether it's Myrtle Allen or it's Paul Rankin or it's um, Enda McAvoy, you're trying to see the guy who's kind of looking around the corner and you know, people get upset with that. People get comfortable with places. And we have to be very careful about that ourselves, that, you know, you just don't go back to a place and say, well, you know, this place is uh, is good. And then somebody says, well, why is it good? And you say, well, because I like it. And then you say, the minute you say that, you're not a critic anymore. You know, you're a boring old fart. And we're trying not to be boring old farts, really. Well, in the last 30 years, you've been going around the country. What significant changes have you seen in the producers and the profile throughout the country, Sally? Oh, it's it's just like the difference between day and night. I mean, when we first started, we we just, there was no internet, for example, so you had to go and find people because there was, they, they, you, there was no websites. Um, that, so you'd, the shops would be the places where you'd discover places. Uh, so we'd go up and down hills trying to find the cheesemaker that we'd heard might be making around the corner and things like that. That has just absolutely changed utter, utterly now. And now it's almost a question of having to filter because there's so much um, to try and see what's real and what's fake. Um, and that's that's our, that's the way our job has sort of changed. Um, I, I'm interested in the idea of 
um, regional food in Ireland. I think we haven't really done enough to promote the idea because we think we're always just a small country and therefore we don't have regions. We're just one, it's just Irish food. Um, I, I'd love to see that in the future. Um, people saying, you know, the, the climate is quite different from where we live in West Cork to Wexford climate um, and it's different again in Northern Ireland so we've got in North Cork you've got really fantastic milk so the quality of milk that we that we drink even just from our local shop is fantastic it's better than anywhere else um, whereas in the southeast you have the strawberries and th there really is a difference in Ireland I think I, that's something I'd like to do is to explore um, the, the, the regions of Ireland and really bring that out. I think you could measure the change actually in um, one little simple story, which was that Sally attended a meeting in the Department of Agriculture after the very first concealed food forum in 1989. And there had been very few artisans at that. In fact, they were kind of trespassers virtually. And um, Sally at the meeting said, well, do you know, maybe if we're doing this again, we should have some more of these guys in. And uh, an unnamed civil servant said, why would you have those people? They're not even making it at home, never mind abroad. And just look at where we are now. The dynamic people are the people who are making it at home now. And their children, who we have now begun to write about, are the children who will be making the successes abroad. So I'm afraid that poor civil servant had no foresight. But if he had, he would have jumped on a very different train in 1989. Well, Sally, you mentioned technology there. And it has changed the whole business for you, really. Not maybe so much John, because John always tells me that you're very much an early adopter whenever it comes to technology and social media in particular. And I would imagine that that is something that really has boosted the profile of the guides and as well as that with people engaging with you on a daily basis. Yes, I must say I've loved the last 20 years in terms of technology and publishing, but it has been a challenge because it was very simple in 20, 30 years ago, you just produced a book and then you went to a newspaper to tell the newspaper that you'd produced a book and the newspaper wrote an article about it and it was as simple as that. What we've seen now for a start, we do still produce books, but we also have a, um, a website, guides.ie, and we've this year we've started to do interactive maps because of this idea of really trying to pin down regionality and also help people to find what's good. Um, and social media has been fabulous for us because I think it it's opened a lot of doors and it's a very casual and warm way to communicate with people. So we get a lot of feedback um, and it's incredibly, incredibly powerful because you can reach a lot of people. Um, it, it's like running, you know, several newspapers, just having a Facebook account and a Twitter account and an Instagram account. So it's been exciting, challenging, and it's changing all the time. You know, just we've no idea what's going to happen next. And that makes our job very interesting. And you've developed apps then so that the books are available in app form. Indeed, we've done. I mean, we... I think, was it 15 years ago, we did the Dublin Mobile Food Guide, which was a website that you could you could tap into on your mobile phone. And it was the first of that sort of types. And then it, that predated the popularity of apps. And then we then we, we did apps to the 100 best. Um, and we've this, as I say, now we've got these interactive maps on our website. And we feel this is a very warm and easy way to find information. So we're always looking for what works and it's always changing. And there will be people out there say, it's a book, I want a book. 
I wanted for the, the glove compartment there and the where to eat and stay on the Wild Atlantic Way is a, a, the perfect size and it's updated regularly. We, we, we brought out three editions of it now um, in three years um, and we were astonished by its success actually. It's, it's sold, in cliche as it is to say, it's sold like hotcakes. Um, but again, the way printing has changed allowed us to use a lot of photography. So we would go on the road and if you like, while I'm trying to get the text together, Sally is getting the images together. And whereas in the past we would write these big monolithic books of 700 pages, which was just pure text, people said, no, no, we don't want that. Give us the information more concisely. Give us more visual images so we get a sense of where we are. And I think, interestingly enough, I mean, I'm, I'm not an early adopter. <clears throat> um, I'm still a writer. But what the internet has forced me to do is to write more concisely and to find, to deliver the information, that the, the picture of the place or the person or the product that I'm trying to get across, I've had to deliver that rather than writing a manifesto, I have to write a thumbnail sketch, you know. And that's been the change for me as a writer. And it's one I've really, really enjoyed because I don't have the luxury of space. Uh, I can remember 20 years ago bringing an article into the Irish Times that was 3,500 words long. That, that doesn't exist any longer. And so... I hope it's kind of made the writing sharper, it's brought it more into focus and makes it more enjoyable for people. But certainly, yes, um, is there a market for guidebooks to travelling around Ireland? There absolutely is. The one we would love to do um, whenever we find the time and the money is is Ireland's ancient east because it's calling out. It's a tricky area. It runs from the Leitrim border down to Wexford. So, um, you know, to navigate it is complicated and we want to try to find a way to do that through food. Uh, but we haven't worked it out yet. You've actually preempted my next question, which was going to be about the Wild Atlantic Way as a destination brand and then the Ireland's Ancient East and Visit Dublin. Do you think they have been good for Ireland? Absolutely brilliant. I'm, I'm, we live in southwest Cork and in a forgotten peninsula, the Sheep he- Sheep's Head Peninsula, which we actually quite enjoy the fact that it's forgotten. But um, it's you can just see the businesses. I think five years ago, 16 families, one child from 16 families left Ireland to go to either Australia or South Africa or Canada. And that's a huge impact on a small peninsula. Um, so the Wild Atlantic Way has really lifted the spirit and the mood of people, um, you know, we we have in West Cork. I think something like twenty five percent of the of the Wild Atlantic Way is in West Cork, amongst the three heads. Um, and this people have a suddenly have a pride, and they talk about themselves as as being part of this group and part of this identity. And it's been brilliant. So we're we're philosophically trying to take in the ancient the ancient East because um, it's a quite a different concept altogether. But Again, it goes back to regionality, and I think it's I think it's fascinating. I really look forward to trying to describe the two areas in different ways, in different whether it's online apps um, or in books. Well, just to finish up, then Sally, in the new role as one of the heroes of the the food producers of Ireland this year for Blossom Erin, what advice would you give to food producers out there that are trying to make it? I well, I go for it. Really, is the thing. I remember somebody saying to, to in some speech years ago to John that you need in order to start, you need you know, some a capital of so many thousand. And John was saying, no, if you want to start, you just need a trestle table and an umbrella. Um, it, it's a it's a brilliant. There's, it's it's not it's a fantastic world to get into if you have a yen. A lot of people leave careers in in business or in technology or in banking and and go into food. It's it's a wonderful it's a hard life, but it's a wonderful um, working life. So I would say if you're thinking of it, 
um, do it. And something like Blossom Heron gives, uh, it amplifies, it's like the, the highlighter pen on your product. So it gives you a route to market and, um, you know, it's a convenient way of showcasing what you do. So, uh, you know, congratulations to, to everybody here for putting this together because I know it's made a lot of difference to a lot of producers over the years. John, any advice from yourself? <clears throat> I think talk to the people who've gone before you, really. Um, you know, if you're working at the coalface, making a product uh, day in, day out, it can be a little bit lonely. And you've, you need to realise two things. One, if you're an artisan food producer, you're part of a community. And two, that community is a meshwork, which means it's self-supporting. Somebody has faced your problem before. It's always logistics. It's always how do I get it, the van to this place. But somebody else has, fa- has had that problem, and you can learn from them, and they will share that information. I've always been struck by how generous people are in the, the world of Irish food with their time and with advice. Uh, the only thing they'll never tell you is their turnover, and that's fine. But anything else that you need to know or anything else, any way in which they can just help you by saying, talk to so-and-so or do this or, look, I've got a great accountant or very nuts and bolts stuff. But when you start off, the nuts and bolts stuff is the stuff that kind of wears you down and wears you out. And if somebody can just say, look, this accountant is a specialist and he's really good, or this distributor is good, or, yeah, I know the answer to that, pick up the phone and talk to so-and-so or send so-and-so a a message, Um, that can just smooth the path of the difficult early days. Somebody's gone before you, somebody's faced those problems, talk to people, you're in a community, you're in a meshwork. It's not about making a fortune, but it is about making a difference, and it's fantastic. Well, listen, congratulations to the two of you once again, and thanks very much for talking to me today. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinter. So while you were listening to John and Sally there, and I have to say, it must be really nice if you're the person always giving out the awards to actually receive award then. So congratulations again to John and Sally. And while you were listening to that, I've gone into the archives here in the studio and I have found that interview that Nevin did with me in 2014 whenever he got the award. So let's have a little listen to what he said whenever he was made the Food Producers Champion. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Nevin, you've just received a very special award there. Tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, this is my first time, first of all, at the Blossom Hearing Awards in Dingle, and I have to say I'm privileged. Um, I want to thank Artie and the whole committee here who organise these awards. It's the seven year, uh, seven year that the awards have been on. First year I've been at them, and to receive an award from the producers that, you know, I inspire them, and that's a lovely thing to be told. I'm actually touched and full, a little bit full with emotion because I'm very proud of what I do. I've cooked from the age of 12, and I just love my job. And if I can help and support and encourage people and, and showcase the great food we have in Ireland, I've done something right. I've done something good with my life and my job. And there's great people involved in food. There's never been a better time now to cook in Ireland with the great producers, the great chefs. And I'm learning about different products and different producers all the time. And that's the way Ireland has changed over the last few years. So I'm very excited, I have to say, and I'm looking forward to the weekend. Well, you said there about cooking from the age of 12, and you mentioned whenever you were accepting the award that your mother has been a huge influence on you and your cooking. Yeah, from the age of 12. I mean, even from younger, I remember 
my first thing cooking with my mother, flapjacks, apple tart, shortcake, making a mess in the kitchen. We just had a great bond. And that's where it all starts. And I suppose that's what I want to do with my own little family. My twins are two and a half, is to get them enjoying food. Some people ask me, do you think they'll be chefs? They're only two and a half. As long as they enjoy food, I'll be happy. Um, to give them the love of food and appreciation of good food and eating together as a family. I'm from a family of nine, five boys and four girls. So that's where the love of food comes from mum and dad. And they taught us a lot. Personally for me, a lot about respecting food and respecting people. That's really important. The two go hand in hand. And to create something that's very special in Black Lion. Myself and my wife have over 55 staff employed. That's an incredible achievement in a small village. We never, ever take it for granted. So I'm loving my life at the minute. It couldn't be better. To receive recognition is lovely because there's so many people who do great work in food and maybe never get the recognition, but I never, ever take it for granted. So this is very special. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinte. So that was Nevin and congratulations again to John and Sally. Be sure to keep an eye on their website, buy their books, support them because they do great work for the Irish producers, the Irish restaurants, the Irish hotels in Ireland. Well done, John and Sally. So that brings us to the end of tonight's special Blossnair and Irish Food Award show. Thanks to everyone at Bloss for hosting me and welcoming me to Dingle and to Geraldine Emerson, Conan McDowell, Teresa Story, Ashleen Wixt and John and Sally McKenna for taking time out of their busy weekends to talk to me. Before I finish tonight, I'd like to pay tribute to someone that I met judging at the Blossnair and Awards the first time I was there four years ago and I'd like to dedicate tonight's show in his memory. Shane McArdle was from Armagh and I guess as we were both from the north we were drawn to each other as we Nordies are and we did the usual do you know this one and do you know that one and this being a small country there was obviously lots of connections there and I always looked forward to meeting him year after year and we always had the crack. Sadly, Sheehan passed away suddenly and unexpectedly the day after he returned from Dingle and, I mean, it was such a shock getting that devastating call. My deepest condolences to his parents, girlfriend Lauren, brothers, sister and all his family, his friends and colleagues at Invest Northern Ireland. He was enjoying a a really amazing career with Invest Northern Ireland, which is the economic development agency in the north. And he was he was really fantastic at his job and most recently was the head of business development in food and beverage in the Middle East, Africa and Asia. So he did he did travel an awful lot and he was talking to me about his travels when we were in Dingle. And he sat on a panel, one of the masterclasses was a What Buyers Want masterclass, and he sat on the panel and he shared his knowledge and expertise about what buyers want, and his advice was practical and down to earth. And I was telling him afterwards that he had a great skill of talking to the food producers at a level that they could relate to, and they were really hanging on his every word during that session. And, you know, there was no errors and graces with Shane. He told you how it was, and he was just such a lovely fella, a pure gentleman. We had coffee before he left Dingle for Armagh and he told me just before he he set off that he was hoping to do something special for the 10th year of the awards next year. And we'd made plans to meet up in November, but alas. So life is short, people. I'm going to leave you this evening with a piece of music, which regular listeners know it's not the norm on the show here. But I thought it was fitting on this occasion and I've chosen this particular song because when we were in Dingle the weather was very erratic and one minute the sun was out and then it was rainy showers and that means lots of really lovely rainbows. And I have a friend who says she always remembers a particular person who had an impact on her life and who's no longer with us when she sees a rainbow. 
Well, when I see a rainbow, I'll remember Shane McArdle. Rest in peace, Shane, and God bless. Trouble melts like a lemon drops 
high above the chimney top that's where you find me oh somewhere over the rainbow way up high and the dream that get in touch with the best possible taste do you want to come on share a recipe review a cookery book or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink all you have to do is get in touch with me Sharon Noonan by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org Bon Appetit